0: Welcome to this week's Green Sight Up. This is Richard Henschel, horticulture educator for the University of Illinois Extension Service. And I've been talking all through January on fruit trees, uh, pollination, proper siting, uh, uh, training, uh, the kind of uh, management skills that you might need about uh, integrated pest management and observing what's going on in your trees so that you can, that you can respond accordingly to what you're finding out there. Uh, the idea of the things that we might need to do to protect young fruit trees, um, uh, differing a bit from what we might do to uh, protect our established trees. What it means to balance um, vegetative growth against reproductive growth, and this week, furthering that a little bit more. I did want to address, you know, the kind of annual pruning you're going to do, whether it's a non-bearing tree or bearing tree, to produce. To uh, promote flowers and fruit, um, this is a, a, a bit past the birds and the bees. We've already had the flowers there. We have had the cross pollination or self pollination happen. We have very tiny young fruits on the tree, and at that point, they're maybe no bigger than the size of a BB or perhaps a pea. Uh, and then they grow very very rapidly. So, what you want to do really, in the end to on an annual pruning basis to, to really promote flowering the reproductive side of what's supposed to happen on our fruit trees against the vegetative side or the leaves that are that we all expect to be there of course is uh, is is a bit different when you look at young fruit non bearing trees and then you look at an older bearing tree and then the annual um, of pruning that are going to be done, um, and I might address that a little bit right now. Um, your different fruit trees, the different varieties of trees you have in your yard uh, and the different kinds of, of fruit trees that you have in your yard, each, each different kind, uh, if you will, whether it's an apple or a peach or a nectarine or, or a, a sweet cherry, sour cherry, uh, each of these kinds of trees takes a takes more or less pruning than some of the others. So when you look at when you when you look at the overall picture, and in a previous show I talked about why we typically don't grow the standard non-spur apple tree just because of its sheer size, and uh, not only when it's young, but as it as it gets mature. Um, so that non-spur apple, being the big standard-sized tree, just logically is going to take at the absolute most pruning. Uh, next in line is probably going to be some of our stone fruits, like uh, peach and nectarines. Uh, here in northern Illinois, peaches are, are one of those sought-after trees. Um, they may oftentimes grow well enough for us, but the flower buds are so tender and sensitive to cold weather that oftentimes the winter weather will uh, kill the flower bud long before spring shows up or we get a late frost just as they're opening up and it it kills them then. So so peach trees we might get a crop every three to five years. The next in line is uh, apricots and sweet plums and European plums. Uh, the the tree that probably takes the least amount of pruning is sweet cherries. Now you didn't hear me talk about apple trees in terms of the spur trees and the dwarfs I spoke of. Well, they 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 take almost um, they only take a little bit more pruning than say that sweet cherry tree that takes very little pruning. So this is another reason why we talk about growing spur-type trees or dwarf trees, especially when it's apples, because that non-spur apple takes the absolute most, and the spur-type apple trees are second to the list in the bottom of how much pruning it's going to take. So it's, it's important in terms of um, your time commitment uh, for your home orchard, what size or style of tree you use, and, and that relates to, again, the amount of uh, absolute pruning that's going to be going to be done. So on our young fruit and our young non-bearing fruit trees, I, and I alluded to this last week, we're pruning to create scaffolds that are strong enough that have a good crotch angle that are as they grow out and get more horizontal from the central leader of the tree, uh, the, as the apples form, um, y- you will get, Uh, a branch that will support the fruit load without any other help from you, and that's the intent of of developing good, strong scaffold branches. Um, I talked about the ease of getting in and maintaining those trees last week, but the other part of that is that uh, when you have a good uh, scaffold structure in your trees uh, or other trees that are trained properly, Um, you have sunlight that comes all the way through the canopy down into the tree, right into the tree trunk and beyond and right through the canopy. And this allows then the tree to create flowers and then clearly fruit well down in the canopy. If you've looked at a tree that is very thick and dense and hasn't been pruned properly, you only see the apples around the outside edge of the tree or the fruits around the outside edge of the tree like, like a crust where... And that can limit production, but if your tree has the proper scaffolding and allows the sunlight and air to move all the way through the canopy, you have apples or other fruits, uh, peaches, throughout the canopy, um, and uh, that allows for greater productivity. It distributes the fruits throughout the tree, and it also makes taking care of that tree a lot easier uh, later on. I talked about uh, in, the, in the program where we, we addressed siting, I talked about you want to put the trees where you have good sunlight, of course, but also good air movement. And that good, strong scaffolding structure that you create allows a great deal of air movement through the canopy. And this is the number one help for you in terms of preventing diseases. So you want the tree, if it, say if it rained at night, you want the tree to dry out uh, very quickly in the morning, you want the uh, uh, you want the air to come through and dry out that foliage, and that reduces diseases a great amount. So that's what you're trying to do. On bearing trees, you're really maintaining those good scaffold branches that you created years back. Or if one does die from natural causes, then it's time or storm damage. Uh, then it's time to select a young sucker coming off the trunk, and begin to replace that scaffold branch. Uh, you prune bearing trees to limit the annual growth so that the tree maintains a smaller size yet remains productive for you. That good canopy structure that you've created uh, makes the ease of thinning the fruits in something we should also be doing, uh, and the ease of managing pests very easy so that you have that opportunity to Quickly maintain the orchard. It doesn't take hours and hours and hours every week, and and it uh, you find out the kind of care you need to give it, the kind of time that's going to require by proper by proper pruning techniques. So these are some of the things we should be thinking about. Uh, it's the right time of year. The catalogs are flowing into your mailbox. Garden centers have begun to print their catalogs for the year. Uh, so if you haven't ever had an orchard before and are looking for one. Do your homework ahead of time. Make sure you've got the right varieties for proper pollination. If cross pollination is needed, and most apples, for example, require cross pollination. Um, that's a that's this is the time of the year. It's a great time to to um, start planning. So this has been Richard Henschel with several shows now on uh, growing the home orchard. I hope you enjoyed them, and I'll be back again with everybody next week.